Subtitled One Man, One Woman, One War. And it's uh, been described by its author as dystopian action adventure set in post-nuclear America. We're going to be talking to the author, Melissa Delport. We'll be finding out a little bit about where this self-published story came from and the fact that it's going to be the first of a trilogy. After that, in your particular slot, what are you reading? Don't forget, you can always let us know. We're going to be having a chat to Audrey Rodemeyer. She is the, uh, the new owner of the Cork Bay Bookshop, and she's going to be telling us what she's reading right now. And then after that, in, uh, in place of the documentary, something of a bonus interview, I would say, with uh, Chan Tuan Eng. He's the Malaysian author. He lives here in Cape Town. He's also the winner of the 2012 Man Asian Literary Prize for his book called The Garden of Evening Mist. So looking forward to that. So do stay with us for all of that. Moving straight on then, let's get straight into the legacy. One man obsessed with power, one woman prepared to sacrifice everything to stop him, one war that changed the world. Well, these are the slug lines on the back of the book called The Legacy, a dystopian, which incidentally is an imaginary place where everything is really bad. It's a dystopian action adventure set in post-nuclear America. Well, we have Melissa Delport on the line, and she's going to give us an idea of how she arrived at writing this book, self-publishing it, and uh, she herself being the owner of a road freight company specialising in hazardous cargo. So where did all this lot come from? Oh, we had her on the line. We seem to have just lost her. Going to get her back in just a minute. So uh, we'll find out from her. But interesting, um, Melissa, I hope you're still there. We're going to get you back on the line. Interesting that she did say that this is going to be the first of a trilogy, so it has a bit of a cliffhanger end. So it'll be uh, interesting to see if she's got all the other, the next two books in mind. But also, uh, she's a very prolific lady, as are Melissa, because she's also written another book, it's, which she describes as a psychological love story, and it's called Rainfall. Incidentally, she's also a mother of three and, as I said, has her own business, which is quite something. So when she gets time to write, who would know? Uh, And she's also self-published. But let's find out uh, a little bit more about her. I think we've got her back. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Nancy. Thought we'd lost you there for a moment. (laughs) You did for a moment. Um, (laughs) Melissa, you know, I'm just uh, speculating to myself here that all this and having two, you know, three children, you've got your own business. You've written the first of a trilogy. You've written another one. Um, I want to say, really, why do you write? How how has it come about that you're also writing novels? Um, well, I, I studied English at varsity, and um, it's something that I've always wanted to do, really. It's it's kind of been on my bucket list. Um, I wrote quite a lot in my early 20s before the three children and the business came around. Um, but, yeah, it's just something that I've really always wanted to do. Um, so it's just the timing was right. I, um, I do tend to study quite a bit, and I had a bit of a break from that. And um, I, I'm an avid reader. Mm. So unfortunately, the last couple of months, I obviously haven't been reading. I've been substituting that with the writing. But it's, it's really like me time. It it's de-stresses me, and it's, I enjoy it. It's yeah, fun. Yeah. It's always interesting to hear that people, you know, the urge, the drive is to write but the content of what you've written is is not, I don't know what one would expect, but it's certainly quite diff- diff- different to what one might expect. Um, post-nuclear America, why yeah. that? Let, let's start with that. Why this setting? Um, why did I set it in America? I definitely, you know, to appeal to more international audience, um, also to make the story more believable. Um, America's a superpower. It, it stands to reason that if, there was, you know, if World War III did happen, they would be involved. 
Um, yeah, so, and post-nuclear, you know, before I started writing this story, I was reading a lot of dystopian fiction. Um, and, of course, you know, The Hunger Games is big in that at the moment, one of the most popular dystopias at the moment. Um, and I was really enjoying the genre, so I was just naturally inclined to write about it when I did start writing The Legacy. Um, and, the, you know, the dystopias are characterized by the, fertilier, the, the, the dictatorships and the natural disasters, the repression and all of that. So, but the, the nuclear holocaust worked well for my story because um, it, was, it set the scene for another war and freedom fighting as opposed to, you know, just survival after a natural disaster or something. You might have given yourself a bit of a headache in terms of uh, research. You know, how often do we hear, write about what you know? This seems to be perhaps quite far from what you know. To what extent did you do research, A, on America, but B, perhaps on post-nuclear anything? Uh, it was, you know, the research probably took longer than actually writing the book. <laughs> um, it is very challenging writing about a particular location you've never been to, and then, of course, making it believable. Um, you know, Google's a wonderful thing. It's a wealth of information at your fingertips, but it does take a huge amount of time, and you've got to refine your search and sift through so much data to find exactly what it is you're looking for, you know. And then, of course, you get the conflicting results, mm. so you've got to double-check everything. Um, Wikipedia is my best friend. <laughs> I get a lot off of Wikipedia. Um, but there are things, you know, that were difficult, like um, there are quite a few fight scenes in the book, for example, and obviously I'm a mother, I'm not a fighter. So, and that kind of tends to venture into the world of speculation. Mm. It's not clear-cut, you know, so you've got to stretch the imagination and just kind of try and picture the scene. Um, but, yeah, it, it was. It was a lot of research, a lot of work, particularly, you know, with that book being set in a different country, being post-nuclear. It was. It was a lot of work, but but it was fun, and I learned a lot. It's amazing what you can yeah, say. Yeah, actually, it was interesting. I was talking to Tony Leon earlier, and just before we came on air, he was talking about having, you know, started to use Google and Wikipedia, which he describes as extremely not necessary necessarily reliable but you know there's an awful lot of information out there and I suppose one does get these things together in the end tell us the story or as much as you can because as I pointed out it is going to be it's the first of a trilogy so obviously you can't lead us through the whole thing but tell us tell us about it I mean Rebecca Davis is the uh, is the heroine yes. dive us in Okay, well, basically, I mean, the, the slogan of the book is one man, one woman, and one war, mm. which it really sums it up. Um, as, you, as you mentioned, it's set in post-nuclear America, and, um, and what happens is in the chaos that, that comes after the war, um, one man kind of rises up and, and seizes control of what little resources remain, um, and he shepherds a select few into the Midwest, um, and basically he abandons the rest of the country to, to basically to starve. Um, Rebecca, who's obviously the protagonist, she grows up within the boundaries of the new United States, and um, she kind of believes, as everybody else does, that, that Eric Dane is the hero, that he saved everybody, until uh, her father finds her um, and enlightens her to the truth. She, um, she then leaves the safety of the state, and she ventures out into what I call the rebeldom, which is the barren lands that remain outside of the, of the boundary fences, and she joins forces with a group of, of people, um, and obviously then a lot of relationships come into it, um, but basically yeah, she, she goes out, sets out to basically bring down Eric's rule, you know, the tyrannical rule that he is, is enforcing on the people. Um, and then, yeah, there, there's, there's the, <laughs> the ever-present love triangle, which is very popular at the moment. Um, and, and there are a lot of subplots, a lot of secondary characters, which obviously, you know, pave the way for the, the, the follow-on. If I can say that. Yes, Eric is a nasty piece of work. Just just give us a bit of a character sketch. Yes, he is. (laughs) Give us a bit of a character sketch of him. Of Eric? Yeah. 
Eric is um, he's a typical near do well. You know, he he he's he's deceptive and he's sly. He's power hungry. Um, he's driven by you know he he can you know. Um, uh, society's best control through fear, and that's kind of what he does. He instills fear in everybody as to the unknown and what's out there, and basically just deceives this whole society that he forms. Um, but yeah, he's just he's just power hungry. He wants to to keep his position at the top, and he'll do it through whatever means necessary. Have you based your characters on anybody either well known or well or known to yourself? Not really. I um, I kind of I get a picture in my head. Uh, I do look at images and um, I kind of get a picture so that you know because to describe a character and to remember what they look like if you've created them in your head is very difficult. Um, so I'll kind of find a celebrity that that I like the look of and then I'll use that to describe um, the character. Um, and then yeah, and then obviously just keep loads of notes as they progress and the character develops. You just kind of keep all your notes and just keep referring to them. Um, but but no, nobody in my real life. Let's mm. just say. <laughs> you say that this is the f- to be the first of a trilogy. Do you already know where it's going, or is the book sort of uh, making its own way as it goes? No, I actually I do know where it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I have basically the caucus of the story. Um, the subplots come along as you go, and um, you know other characters come into it. You know, depending on your mood. Funnily enough, you'll, I'll, you know I'll be sitting writing, and then I'll suddenly think, oh no, I want to bring in a young story. I want to bring in this or that or the next thing. But but no, the caucus of the story I do have. I do know how it ends. Um, so, but obviously, I won't be. I, but, but I think, nonetheless, I think that you have you you're wanting to get people on board with this. You've got a Facebook page. Yes, yes, I do. So the the Legacy Book Club. Yes, that's it. Are that's, you, that's, that's, yeah. Sorry, yeah, that's kind of to keep people updated, to keep them informed as to what's going on. There are quite a few um, things in the pipeline, which uh, obviously can't divulge. But um, yeah, it'll kind of keep people in the know as to what's going on. You know, where the book is, where it's available, when the next one's coming out, and and all of that. You, you talk about it, you know, having set it in America, post-nuclear America, uh, you know, to try and attract an international audience. It seems like you've been quite, uh, you've, you've given a great deal of thought about the genre and what's going to appeal to the market rather than having this story burning a, a hole in your breast that you needed to write. Yes. W- would I be right that that's... Absolutely. I gave a lot of thought to, you know, what was popular at the moment, you know, what people are reading at the moment. Um, trilogy series are, are huge. Um, it, you know, at the moment, I don't think anything's selling unless it's a trilogy. Mm. Um, it seems to be very, very popular. I think people, you know, they get to know the characters. They want to know more about the story. Um, like I said, the love triangle is very popular at the moment. The, the genre, the dystopian genre has taken off. Um, you know, you've got the host, Stephanie Mayer, and like I say, The Hunger Games. You've got Mike Mullins. It's, it is popular, you know, for now. And um, even even with regards to the cover of the book, you know, I, I went out there and I had a look at what's selling, and it's all very simplistic and very eye-catching. And so I did, I definitely did. You know, you, you write a book, obviously, because it's something that you want to do, but you also want to kind of reap a return on the book. So you do have to keep in mind your readership and what people are wanting, you know, what, what's out there and what you're competing against. Yeah. Uh, this may just be me making assumptions, but when I looked at your business, which is Transmax, and you are um, you, it's a freight, you know, shifting freight around, specialising in hazardous cargo, I immediately thought, oh, hello, nuclear. Is the <laughs> hazardous I cargo? I didn't make that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, the freight is very, very different to, to the writing. I must say, um, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. 
um, it, it, it is wonderful and it, it pays the bills and um, I'm very, very proud of the business, um, myself and my business partner. But, uh, yeah, no, the two are, there's definitely not much of a connection between the two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In between all this, you've also written uh, what you describe as a psychological love story called Rainfall. Does it require a whole different sort of mindset? You mentioned earlier that the mood you're in can impact on, on your writing. Did you have to sort of put yourself in a different frame of mind? I did, I did. And also, um, I did need a break. Uh, after I'd written The Legacy, I wanted to have a break, just to kind of have a break from the characters, um, get, a, get the book out there, you know, get some feedback as to what people do, because it's interesting. You know, I kind of know where the story story's going, and it's very interesting to hear back from the readers what they think and what they'd like. You know, not that you necessarily are going to change anything, but, but it is nice to get the feedback. Um, Rainfall was, it was nice. You know, it was, it's completely different. It's, it's targeting a different market. You know, it's very much for ladies. Um, it's a love story, um, but it's got that psychological twist, so, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of sets it apart. Um, and, and that was actually quite interesting because I got to pull out all my old um, psychology books and, you know, read through them. And so it was, it was, it was nice to do it. I actually thoroughly enjoyed writing it. There wasn't as much um, research involved, um, and it's more emotive writing, which I battle with, you know, the flowering it out um, because the legacy is quite action-packed. There's a lot of action mm-hmm. scenes, and the story tends to move along very quickly. Whereas Rainfall, because you're trying to, you know, you're trying to get at people's emotions, um, you have to write in a different way. It's a completely different, different type of writing. You, you mentioned that you studied psychology, financial management. You've got your own business, etc., etc. Did you study writing at all? Did you have you done any I did, writing? Courses? I did. I did my degree in, in English, and then I did uh, postgrad uh, honors. Um, in varsity, but I mean, I'm going back, oh, I think I did that in 2001, mm. 2002. <laughs> so it always has been a passion. It's something that I loved since a little girl. Um, I, you know, I remember in, as far back as primary school, I was writing little stories and my teacher was typing them up for me. So that's just something that I've really always loved to do. And I, and I didn't study the English to make a career out of it. I, I kind of did it because it was something that I enjoyed. How long, did it, how long so did it take you to write The Legacy? It took me six months. Okay. And how, Which, how far down the line are you with the next one? I am 14,000 words in, so um, which is it's going pretty quickly because I only started it two weeks ago. <laughs> um, but I think because this time I kind of have the, you know, I've got the, the most of the story jotted down. And also, you know, a sequel, you, you do kind of flashback and, and you, there's a bit of repetition as to what went on in the first book to remind people, you know. And, and I know when I've read... Um, uh, Series. I've always that's always annoyed me because I thought, yeah, I heard about this in the first book, but I think you have to do it just to refresh people. You know, you don't know how long it's been since they read the first book, so it does kind of move along a little bit quicker, you know. But there's also a lot more pressure. I do feel now that there's a bit of pressure because there's almost an expectation now mm. with the second book. Mm. Mm. Well, Melissa Dale, but you certainly put out uh, put out some vibes on that one. So I think what best is if I give out if uh, your Facebook page, if anybody would like to find out a little bit more. But the book itself is available through Amazon, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yes, it's okay. on Amazon. Um, either as hard copy or for download on Kindle and iPad and e-reader. Okay, and you self-published under the title Wheat Publishers. Yes. Excellent. Well, let me give out the details of the Facebook. Melissa Delport, very best of luck with the uh, 
and good luck for the kids. I think that's where I need the most luck. <laughs> Thank Lovely. you so much, Thanks Nancy, so for having me. Pleasure. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Melissa Delport with her book called, certainly not her first book, but it's called The Legacy. And if you'd like to find out a little bit more, do check her Facebook page, which is The Legacy Book Club. That's The Legacy Book Club. And don't forget, once again, I'll give you all the details uh, right after, at the end of the show. So stay with us. <laughs> 